Welcome to the Minor Atlantis Immigration Update Podcast, the podcast to help immigration professionals and foreign nationals keep up to date. This week, we have the author of these podcasts, immigration partner Lynn Walker, sitting in to share some very positive news regarding several challenging L1A requests for evidence, or RFEs, that Minor Atlantis recently received and were able to successfully resolve. The dreaded RFE. If you have received that package of blue or yellow paper, sometimes over 12 pages long, you understand the significant anxiety, frustration, and sometimes fear that it causes. Any immigration professional knows what I'm talking about. The frustration of preparing and filing what you think is the perfect petition, only to find that USCIS has demanded additional evidence especially if that evidence is identical to what you've already filed. I've been an immigration attorney for over 20 years, and I've seen a lot of strategies to deal with RFEs come and go. I'm going to let you in on a little secret or alert you to a possible change in policy that can benefit you and your clients when it comes to responding to RFEs. So I had three RFEs come across my desk recently where it seemed like the adjudicating officer didn't even look at our petitions because they were asking for evidence to establish each prong of eligibility, which we had already provided. And maybe you've experienced this yourself. What each of these cases had in common was our use of the USCIS April 27, 2021 policy guidance on deference to previous decisions. We'll refer to this as the deference policy from now on to make it a little easier. As many of you may be aware, on April 27, 2021, USCIS confirmed that it would again give deference to prior determinations of eligibility by an officer when adjudicating a request for an extension of petition validity. Under this policy, quote, USCIS gives deference to prior determinations when adjudicating extension requests involving the same parties and facts, unless there has been a material error, material change in circumstances or ineligibility, or new information that adversely impacts the petitioners, applicants, or beneficiaries' eligibility. Close quotes. In our experience, the previous administration wasn't following the deference policy. So we were really happy to see this new administration start to follow the deference policy again. It's important to realize that the deference policy only applies to cases where the petitioner and beneficiary already received a prior approval from USCIS for the same classification. So we need to be sure that our petition meets three criteria. Although it would seem obvious because we're talking about an extension of status, we have to first establish that the petition in question involves the same petitioner and beneficiary as the underlying initial approval notice. From our experience, you can make the argument that a successor and interest petitioner is the same petitioner as listed on the previously approved petition. Second, We have to establish that there was no material error in USCIS's approval of the initial petition. And third, we have to establish that there is no material change in circumstances 
or ineligibility or new material information that adversely impacts the petitioners, applicants, or beneficiaries' eligibility. In other words, all the relevant details are pretty much the same as the previous approved petitions. So as I said, we had three RFEs where we were able to apply the deference policy. For two of the L1A RFEs, we provided additional evidence and in our legal brief, in response to the RFE, cited the deference policy and explained in detail how each of the petitioners and beneficiaries met the three criteria we discussed earlier. To our delight, each of these cases was approved after we submitted our response. The third case was really most surprising to us, and maybe this reflects a recent change in USCIS's mission and adjudications practices and policies. Changes like this have been advocated by AILA and discussed by numerous leaders of USCIS during the AILA annual conference in June, 2021. If you didn't get a chance to attend the AILA conference, my colleague Kristen Sisko and I provided a very detailed summary in one of our June 2021 podcasts. And we also published an article on LinkedIn, which you can find by following either Kristen or me. It's hard to tell why this change occurred, but the bottom line is that this third RFE also involved an extensive boilerplate request for substantial and voluminous evidence already provided in our petition and in the beneficiary's USCIS file. The petitioner and beneficiary had three L1A petitions, including amendments and extensions approved by USCIS in the past. In an effort to resolve this RFE as quickly and efficiently as possible for our clients, we sent a request for supervisory review by email to USCIS citing the deference policy and explaining in detail how the petitioner and beneficiary met each of the three criteria. To our surprise and joy, as well as the client's relief, USCIS withdrew the RFE and approved the L1A extension approximately two weeks after we submitted our request. So what's the takeaway from this experience? We have been incorporating the deference policy standards into each of our filing letters and responses to RFEs for all extension petitions, establishing how our clients are eligible to have their extension petitions approved based on the three criteria discussed earlier. It is definitely worth keeping in mind the next time you get an RFE, Instead of spending an exorbitant amount of time and money collecting additional evidence from the client and writing a legal brief, maybe instead submitting a request for supervisory review citing the deference policy. If you can use supervisory review to get this extension approved for your client, you will save numerous hours and thousands of dollars as well as significant anxiety for your client and their employee. In addition, you will be championing and passionately advocating on behalf of your client in a very meaningful way that was not possible under the last administration. It is really wonderful for immigration practitioners to have the deference policy again. Thanks for listening. Disclaimer. 
The information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Miner and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.